Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pasha. My name is Gottfried Boafo. Thank you for joining us. In today's episode, we discuss the conflict in Ethiopia and Tigray. Setting the scene for us is Francesca Baldwin, a PhD research student at the University of Reading in the UK, and Heike Schmidt, Associate Professor in Modern African History, also at the University of Reading in the UK. Francesca starts by explaining what is going on in the region. On the 4th of November, Ethiopian government of Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed declared a state of emergency in Tigray and launched a military offensive on the northern state. This followed weeks of escalating political tension as Tigrayans protested Ahmed's decision to indefinitely postpone the August 2020 elections and instead they held their own elections in September, which were condemned by the federal government as unlawful. The Prime Minister has so far declined to hold peace talks through the African Union and has accused the TPLF of trying to divide and weaken the country. The TPLF is the Tigray People's Liberation Front, a political group that has grown into a powerful armed liberation movement. Francesca explains. Meanwhile, the Tigrayans maintain they are defending democracy and right to self-determination by regional groups. There have been a number of airstrikes on the Tigray capital, Mekele, and clashes between soldiers along the Tigray-Amhara border. Reports so far indicate that over 600 TPLF soldiers have now been killed and 7,000 Ethiopians have arrived in Sudan as refugees. There are fears from the United Nations that up to 9 million could be displaced by any further conflict. With telephone, internet, access to support services and aid currently cut off from Tigray and reports of rationing of water and fuel, there are mounting fears of a catastrophic humanitarian crisis in the northern state. We received the devastating news from Amnesty International that hundreds of civilians most likely labourers with no direct involvement in the armed forces, have been massacred in Tigray. Witnesses blame forces loyal to the TPLF, although they have denied this. Getting unfiltered information to and from Tigray is currently extremely difficult. What is clear is that the crisis has reached the levels millions had hoped to avoid and spread from political conflict to a very real danger to civilians in the north. How serious is the situation, Haika? Is the civil war likely? I would say it is likely, unfortunately, and in fact, there is a war already going on uh, as we're talking about it. Um, after all, the federal government is deploying troops, uh, and once a government puts soldiers on the ground to engage uh, its own population or part of its own population, there is a war, um, so it is ongoing. But in terms of an escalation of it as well, what we have seen are several factors that speak in favor of it continuing. One is the massacre that Chessie Baldwin just mentioned. Once something like this happens, several hundred people observed by Amnesty uh, International who were killed under horrendous circumstances, being stabbed to death, hacked to death, men, women and children, it appears. Unclear, as Jesse said, yet what exactly happened, who was responsible. But whatever side is responsible, whatever group is responsible for this, that kind of occurrence escalates things. Um, and it's very, very difficult to come back from that. Second factor in this is the humanitarian crisis that is developing. The UNHCR has tried to access the border region with South Sudan. It was reported that already 20,000 people from the conflict region were at the border trying to cross into South Sudan. And then we have a phenomenon that I think most clearly we saw uh, quite a long time ago with the Rwanda genocide of 1994, where many during the course of the genocide and then uh, in the period afterwards from Rwanda fled into the Democratic Republic of Congo. And then there was a situation where some of the genocidaires who carried out the genocide crossed into the Congo as well 
And there was the problem in the refugee camps and displaced people camps that it was a population that was not just people who were fleeing the genocide, who felt they could potentially be killed, but also killers. And the early reports we have now that are unconfirmed, though, are that the 1,000 plus refugees who've managed from Tigray to flee into South Sudan consist mostly of women and children, but also of fighters who've put down their arms and crossed the border. And that can mean a lot of different things. But the potential for having refugees at the border trying to cross into South Sudan plus potentially having men or women as well who are prepared to cross back into Ethiopia and to fight the federal troops is a powder keg in, as a humanitarian crisis and in terms of escalating the conflict. And we're looking at a part of Africa, the Horn of Africa and Ethiopia in particular, that has seen many, many conflict lines, uh, fracture lines in the country, in the border region, South Sudan is not a stable region. It's been just, just recently finding some peace agreement with Sudan and the potential for this to escalate into a regional conflict, not just a civil war in Ethiopia that may last, is big. At the same time, I also want to emphasize that Prime Minister Ahmed, from the very beginning, from the trigger incident, Whoever carried that attack out and whether it happened in the first place or not, the atta alleged attack on a federal army camp in the Tigray region, the prime minister uh, has been very, very clear and consistent in saying that he will leave no leaf unturned in uh, deploying troops and taking every action necessary to clamp down on the region. There is a legacy of civil war. Can you provide some context on this? Francesca? Absolutely. There is a very strong civil legacy that we see being deployed here. Uh, in 1974, the TPLF emerged as a small insurgent group in opposition to the Soviet-supported military regime that was ruling Ethiopia after the deposition of Emperor Haile Selassie. Now, this group developed over the next decade into a highly organised, very sophisticated political movement, which did provide an impressive level of democracy and progressive developments to the region including involving women in military and community operations on equal footing to men and implementing widespread land and education reforms in Tigray. As the civil war continued and the TPLF took ground, they actually formed a coalition with other regional liberation groups, most notably with the Eritrean People's Liberation Front and led the way to victory in 1991, which was a, a huge step forward for such a divided nation before that. They subsequently held uh, form a multi-ethnic federation, which supposedly represented and celebrated the differences of the diverse groups in Ethiopia as a means to diffuse historic patterns of conflict. A crucial component of this was Article 39 of the Constitution. It sets out each regional group's right to self-determination and peaceful succession from the country should they desire it. Contrary to these hopes of stability and unity, however, it does appear that increased state centralization has actually fostered ethnic conflict in Ethiopia. It was historian Zhang Young who argued that ethnicity becomes more than a differentiation along language and cultural lines, but a tool of competition between ethnic elites for power in the state. The Ethiopian Federation was dominated by Tigrayans up until Ahmed's rise to power in 2018, despite comprising only a small percentage of the ethnic population. But then, Abiy was elected to power in Ethiopia. When Ahmed became prime minister, 
He was voted to such a position based on his promises of peace and political reforms in Ethiopia. His decision to remove TPLF members from leadership positions and, in fact, openly criticised the group for enduring issues within the country have, I think it's fair to say, ignited protest amongst Tigrayans who are drawing on their legacy of the role in the country's history and nation-building to justify their continued political presence. Now, more than ever before, rhetoric of civil war memory is being deployed in Tigray, as seen in the slogan, We Will Not Kneel, that's being shared on social media, and calls to rise up as their predecessors did against a so-called repressive government. It is important to recognise that Tigrayans are a historically very politically motivated ethnic group, who will no doubt continue to be mobilised by their historical identity as the so-called defenders of freedom, as they are calling themselves at the moment. What must be done to achieve a peaceful resolution, Heike? Well, that's the million-dollar question in this case. This step Prime Minister Ahmed took to remove the president of Tigray and replace him with an appointment by the federal government is one that definitely has to be reversed and a way forward has to include elections. There has to be a return to a democracy and a democratic approach to coming together in this federation with this rather complex and complicated constitution that allows regional rights, that also allows a constitutional secession by regions. Once there's military de-escalation, there has to be a transition back to democracy. But in addition to that, the African Union offered help in mediating the conflict. And it seems against the history, the long history of conflict inside the country, it seems that outside mediators, whether it's the African Union or other mediators, are truly, truly important here. The direct dialogue appears not to be possible at this point of time, and it needs to be quick and it needs to be welcomed by both sides. So far, the Prime Minister has declined any outside help and says everything is under control and his actions, the federal actions, will take care of what is going on at this time. But definitely there needs to be a mediator from the region or some outside mediator so that both sides will feel that they are being heard. And I'm going to make another suggestion that I don't believe has been brought up in the context of Ethiopia. We are looking at one of the many African countries all African countries are multi, well, all nation states are multi-ethnic. But here we're looking at the one country that was not colonized. There is no legacy of colonialism. There's no legacy, no direct legacy anyway, of colonial borders. And yet Ethiopia has struggled so much to come together as a nation state since the abolition of the monarchy. And there needs to be a rethinking yet again. Now, rethinking the constitution, all of that has been done. And there's good reason why the current prime minister was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize last year. What about the possibility of a Truth and Reconciliation Commission? So my suggestion is there needs to be a Truth and Reconciliation Commission into what just is happening and in this current conflict with Tigray, but also more broadly, so that people feel that they are being hurt Ethiopians feel that they're being heard, whether it's Oromo people, whether it's in the context of the conflict with Eritrea or the current conflict with Tigray, or more broadly for all Ethiopians. I'm very much aware that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission in South Africa is widely debated, but I think South Africa is one of the many examples that has shown that the Truth and Reconciliation Commission 
cannot resolve everything. It will never be a singular success story, but at the same time, allowing members of a nation to voice why they feel they've been violated, that is really, really important to bring a nation together. And again, I suggest this not as a panacea, not as one measure that resolves everything, but I think that's the only way forward to work towards a reconciliation that stabilizes Ethiopia in the long term. So definitely quick transition back to returning human rights fully to the region in Tigray as quickly as that is possible, elections, international involvement to mediate and Truth and Reconciliation Commission that investigates not just this conflict, but the long legacy of conflict in Ethiopia since the abolition of the monarchy. The situation with Ethiopia and Tigray is tense and efforts must be made for dialogue and de-escalation of tension. Peaceful resolution is the goal. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pasha, produced by Ozer Patel. From me, Gottfried Boafo. Bye for now. <laughs>